you practice your free speech, which I don't embrace. We choose truth over facts. I think you're 100% full of shit, is what I think. You are fake news. Removing information that is problematic. Twenty twenty has been a bitch, huh? Jesus, up to this point. <clears throat> what do we got going on here? We got rioting everywhere. We've got people out of work. Lots and lots of people out of work. We got a um, an alleged pandemic. Um, that's for another episode, I suppose. Uh, but this one, um, mainly I want to talk about the police. And this whole talk of defunding um, and or uh, abolishing the police as a whole um, is pretty insane. It's a pretty crazy idea. I'm not sure that the people who are espousing this idea fully grasp um, what it is they're saying as far as the trade-off that has to be made. Um, So... I guess we're going to talk about a couple of things today. We're going to talk about what that means. We're going to talk about my take on what that means, um, along with why I think most people are misled and don't know what they're talking about and are speaking um, fully out of emotion at this point when it comes to this subject. And then additionally, I also want to talk about what can be done realistically, what's a an actual... Um, Step we can take in the right direction as far as changing how things are done around here with the police. Around here, meaning the United States, I guess that's kind of a small way to put that. Um, but anyway, I do think there are some issues, um, clearly. And um, yeah, let's just get into it. So, first of all, um, I'll little backstory on myself, my beliefs, where I'm coming from, um, a bit um, of a libertarian. So my take on the whole abolish the police, um, defund the police concept is that I believe this is a conversation that people like me, people further down the line than me, the anarcho-capitalists of the world have been having for, man, forever. The idea of a, uh, a publicly funded security force um, is one, you know, that there's a trade-off to be made here. So it, it, it can't even... So there's people who believe on both sides of the aisle in this argument that there should be no state, that the state is nothing but evil, and that the state should be, you know, reined in at any chance. Um, but when it comes down to this idea of protection and deterring crime and deterring violence, I think it becomes an issue because the subject itself... Um, is real. You have to have a solution to that problem. Uh, there are people who will take advantage. There are people who uh, are chomping at the bit to hurt other people, to take other people's things, to steal, to rob, to attack, to be violent with, to control through force. There's all kinds of um, there's all kinds of things that people want to do that are evil. Now, when I say 
take by force, control by force. That is what I kind of believe the uh, the police are doing right now. They are sort of the uh, the long arm of the law. They are the extension of the city of the county um, that they work for, and they are how you enforce rules, right? So the concept of defunding them or abolishing them entirely, that is what anarcho-capitalists have been saying for quite a while now that we shouldn't have a police, but they do concede the point that you have to have some sort of deterring force to these things that I'm talking about. So in the light of the sort of libertarian mindedness, I understand it can see that what you want is freedom, basically. So you want freedom, right? So you, so we don't want any sort of, you know, um, hit, not hit, man. You don't, you don't want any sort of hired strong man by some sort of governing force, you know, but whether it be the government or some other private firm to come tell you you're doing something wrong or what you can and can't do and enforce rules on you that you may or may not believe in. Um, so that concept is one I fully understand and agree with. So, um, on that though, the police also serve the function of deterring those types of actions from people who aren't granted, I guess, the power to uh, perform them from the state. So they are, they do act in a protectionary measure as well um, as a deterrent, you know, to prevent it, which we can get into that. I don't really think they do a whole lot of preventative measure. I think they more clean up afterwards, but the concept that they are there and that um, if you do in fact commit some sort of crime and they do find out you are probably going to be in for a fight, um, that is somewhat of a deterrent. I mean, I, I think that that thought that knowledge alone is probably enough to stop people um, from committing certain crimes um, knowing that if you you know break into a store there's going to be some sort of alarm possibly someone's going to call the police and you are going to have to escape so that puts a lot of pressure um, it makes it less free um, as we have seen with some of these demonstrations like in the Chaz or the CHOP or whatever the hell it's called now. Um, I believe it's over as of a couple of days ago. This is the 29th of June, 2020, halfway done with this wretched year. Um, and I think it's quite an experiment. I mean, the police both abandoned their station. They abandoned the people of Seattle. Um, they gave up, which was interesting. I've seen a lot of that from uh, mainly Democratic leadership in this country, giving up, bending the knee. Um, yeah, not standing up for their job, what they're supposed to be doing. Um, alternatively, the CHOP, they let operate um, as a free zone, essentially, from what I understand, um, which is interesting. I think that was probably the way to go after it all went down. I think that was probably the way to go about it. Um, see what happens. I mean, they lasted, what, two weeks, maybe three at the most, um, I think four people are dead, possibly five people are dead now uh, from violence. People were complaining about being robbed and, you know, all kinds of crimes going on in there. The businesses that were in there are being uh, forced to, you know, ironically pay a fee, which they police chief herself, or I don't know if she's a chief, the police officer herself called the crime of extortion, which to anybody out there who agrees with my, uh, political values is like, yeah, you, yes, that's exactly right. That's hundred percent what people have been saying all along. Um, so anyway, as far as the police being a deterring force, there is 
in my opinion, an agreement that there needs to be some sort of force that handles these types of things, right? So if I run a business, say I run some sort of, you know, some sort of storage facility, okay, for example, and at night, this current storage facilities do this, you have private security come and just be there in case people try to break in, okay? So if there were no police, I think you'd see a hell of an uptick in businesses and individuals, even who can afford it, um, in that concept, in the the idea of private security, where uh, they only answer to, you know, their boss themselves. That's all they answer to. Now, um, there's obviously benefit in this. I think we're seeing benefit in this because they sort of fill a niche right now for many businesses. Um, for example, uh, there's a big winery near where I live, and they often have these, you know, sort of big tasting events and, and whatnot with some um, wealthier people showing up, some affluent people showing up, and they always have as, you know, some sort of show of safety, they always have some sort of private uh, security force there, which protects them from um, people they don't want there, basically, and they don't have to deal with it. And if you were to get rid of the police, um, you know, you would have to replace it with something is basically what I'm getting at. So the two options, well, it would probably be both of these, but mainly what would happen, in my opinion, is that you'd have an increase in private security, um, of which I don't have a problem with, uh, but there are questions to be asked about that because uh, we'll get to that later. And the other, the other um, necessity, if you're going to get rid of the police, is you have to grant people the right to protect themselves, essentially under all circumstances, which I believe is the idea behind the Second Amendment in the United States. Um, interestingly enough, we've seen a huge um, uptick in gun sales across the nation after all of these riots have broken out. Um, videos are coming out of people uh, defending their own property now. We've got people who are scared. We've got, you know, lefty sort of liberal minded people realizing guns are important, running out and getting their guns now. Um, so essentially this is the conversation that people, the libertarian conversation, you know, there's people who believe in straight up, no state anarchy, let people do what they want. There should be no state. Right. Um, and I see their point. I do. I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm hundred percent there, but I see what they're saying. I understand what they're saying. And I, you know, can appreciate that perspective. Um, I'm a little bit before that. I, uh, don't think the concept of a private security force is necessarily the end all be all of answers. Um, because I mean, frankly, what stops anybody from becoming, you know, basically a warlord. I mean, what do we, if we have the guys who have the most guns, which is essentially what we have now in the government, just become the rulers. And I know the idea is they're going to vie for our, you know, our, pro, our, uh, our market, our business. They're going to, the free market will take care of the concept that we, as people who hire them will decide, the free market will decide who, um, comes out on top which which security firms are successful which ones are not successful based on how effective they are how fair they are and uh what kind of practices they involve themselves with um and i see there what they're saying i see the point i agree with the free market on 
pretty much on almost every level. It's just when it comes to this one, I don't see why the big groups of guys with all the guns and all the training would bother asking for your money when they could simply take it, which is essentially what we're seeing now. I mean, that's what the idea of taxes are. That's what the idea of, um, you know, this government is. That's what all government is. They're essentially, I, you know, people call them the biggest mafia in town. They're the biggest gang in town. And they act like it uh, for a reason. They're it's the crime of extortion. It's like that's why the, the irony of what that police officer said in Seattle because, um, yeah, frankly, that's what's happening. I mean, the government, when they charge you a business license to operate in their city, they are extorting you because they're charging you a fee to operate within the confines of their town. And that you heard it from the mouth of her herself. Um, this is the crime of extortion. The police officer said that. Um, See if I can find that clip. I'll play it for you here in a minute. Uh, yeah, here we go. I'll play it right now. We have heard anecdotally reports of citizens and businesses being asked to pay a fee to operate within this area. This is the crime of extortion. So, yeah, I mean, you heard her there. The crime, this is the crime of extortion. So... Um, they clearly agree. I don't think she meant to do that, but as libertarians, I think we can all point and laugh at that point. Um, the idea of having no police, right? No governing force that's attached to a government, um, is an interesting one. And the conversation between should we have a state run security force? Should it be private firms or should we all just defend ourselves? Um, is interesting. I don't mean to come down so hard on the uh, private security from argument. I understand it's more nuanced than that. I understand that, um, you know, we would all be able to protect ourselves as well. If there were no rules of government, it would be, you know, you don't, you wouldn't, the, the idea being you could defend yourself against them as well. Um, it's just, has never been tried on that level. I don't think to a, a, a very far extent. So I don't know what that would look like realistically. I'm not necessarily opposed to it. Um, but it's an interesting idea nonetheless. And so essentially you've got people who believe in the abolition of many aspects, if not the entirety of the state, uh, that can't fully agree on this, right? You, you have um, you know, person A and person B who are all the way down the line about we should have, there should be no taxes, there should be no IRS, there should be no, you know, all, any mainstream libertarian argument you can think of right and more nuanced ones but when it comes to the idea of no security force um there's a bump in the road like people can't even agree legitimate libertarians on both sides cannot agree on whether or not we should full-blown have no police essentially um and what you're seeing right now is the furthest left among us have come out of nowhere and are now demanding the same thing anarcho-capitalists want which is interesting and it gave me pause when it first came out when they said abolish the police defund the police um it was strange because i've had these political leanings for man probably over a decade now and it, it sounded to me i was conflicted because i said that sounds insane that's crazy we can't just do away with the police but really 
you know, I've been in, I have been against the police for a long time. Um, in many ways, I got a close friend of mine who is in law enforcement now, and he's kind of the exact opposite. You know, he, he's kind of one of those, I describe him as like one of the little kid who thinks the police are the best, you know, like a comic, he'll buy the comic book of the cops because he thinks they're just so cool. Um, you know, he, he's always the opposite side of that. So when we talk about this kind of thing, he defends him to an extent that I can't get on board with at all. And I have, you know, argued that we don't need them in a lot of respects. Um, so it becomes an interesting, uh, it's an interesting time right now because you've got, I don't, I hesitate to call. Well, I was going to say you've got people on the right versus people on the left who now agree with an issue, but I really hesitate to call anarcho-capitalism or libertarian even on the right. I don't even know. With the political climate now, I don't even know what the right means. I don't know what alt-right fully means. I don't know what people are saying when they say far-right. I don't even know. It seems to all... It seems to be all about race. It seems to be all about gender. It seems to be... There's, 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 there seems to be no um, coherent definition of what the right is anymore. Um, so I'm not sure what that means. But you do have some of these who are, I believe, self-proclaimed far leftists coming out of nowhere. You know, Black Lives Matter people, um, which is not something I'm fully against. But, you know, that I am against the idea of this tearing things down without any reason, um, rioting, destroying businesses. That type of thing. I'm against that. I'm not against. I'm not against protesting police brutality. I've been. Uh, I don't want to say part of it because I have not been to a protest, but I uh, see the point and I agree. I don't think. Um, I think the cops are in the wrong a lot of the time. A lot of the time, I've made this argument a lot of times that um, the police are. They're out of line often, and they often cause the situation that they find themselves in. Um, and it's bullshit, and we're going to get to that. Um, but my main, to finish what we were talking about before, this concept that the furthest left people have come out of absolutely nowhere agreeing with the anarcho-capitalists of the world that there should be no police. Uh, this is a moment in time. I mean, this is an interesting, this is a nuanced conversation that not a lot of people were wanting to have about private police force because of, frankly, how boring it is and how... Um, in the words of another great libertarian that I enjoy listening to, it's autistic. It's an autistic level of libertarian argument, right? It's not real. We, the, the, up until very recently, the idea of abolishing the police or defunding the police as a whole is not was not real. Um, everybody, that was like uh, in fantasy land, right? If you're libertarian, you look at that and you think, ah, oh, well, you know, in my perfect, you know anarcho-capitalist society we wouldn't have police we would have this that and the other thing well now that's becoming real um which is the most is what it's one of which i guess why it trips me out why i can't get my head around it is because simply because of the fact that that is an issue that is extreme for people who believe there should not be a state that's an extreme example right that's an extreme concept to to get rid of the police force in its entirety um, so weird times right now, weird times. And you've got, I believe Minneapolis actually did get rid of their police department. I'm not hundred percent positive on that. I heard that, um, I'll have to look into that more, but I believe that's where they're headed, um, is getting rid of it entirely. I've heard 
a bunch of prominent liberals and lefties saying, oh, they don't mean defund the police. They just mean take some money away and give it to other people. And um, to their credit, I will say, I don't think that's necessarily uh, a bad thing. I don't necessarily think that maybe using part of that police budget um, to fund people who are trained in a way um, that's different than the police that don't treat people like criminals that treat people like they're people that are having a problem um, which is what we're going to get into right now uh, it's a perfect segue actually I think the main issue we have with what we've been seeing is that the police do not handle themselves in a way that the community at large agrees with um, and it's a difficult conversation because, again, if you look at what police are saying, what law enforcement says, people who support law enforcement, right, they're, the reason that they act the way that they act, it always comes down to, well, I don't know if this person is dangerous. I don't know if this person's having a horrible day. I don't know what this person's plan is. I have to assume this is a criminal that's violent, that can hurt me. I have to assume the worst of this person. Um, as I approach them in order to keep myself safe. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I can understand that. I understand what they're saying. Um, but when you approach someone, when you've clearly already deemed them a violent criminal, you've done away with the entirety of the figuring out what's happening. You've already, you went way beyond that point. You just blew past um, the point of I'm here to help you, right? that was left in the dust when you go when you when you jump to this is a violent criminal here to hurt me you you're clearly not coming off to the person who's there that you're there to help them because you're not you're there to defend yourself against someone who you see as a violent criminal okay and i uh i just don't think that the people a lot of the time that cops are approaching are necessarily violent criminals i know a lot of them are I'm not discounting what the police do. I'm not discounting the difficult job that they have. I would never want to be a cop. I think it's it sounds like just a horribly difficult position to ever have to be in. Um, so respect there for them and the ones that you know oftentimes oftentimes seem like they do it right. I mean, this you know police brutality is a problem, um, but really I don't think the answer to that is to get rid of the police entirely or to demonize them or to make the cops out to be some sort of enemy of the people. Um, I think what we need to address is um, how they interact with the public um, in ways that they can feel more confident in their um, in those interactions. Uh, because essentially, if, if we're going to agree that we want to have a police force, right, because Earlier, we said we're either going to have a police force or we're going to have some sort of private uh, security system, right? Or we're not going to have anything at all. And it's just going to be everybody's going to be packing and we'll just see what happens, um, which I'm not totally against either. Um, but as of right now, in the real life in America right now, we have police and we expect police to do an insane job um, that requires a lot more than I think they prepare them to deal with. Um, and when I mean they, I mean the city, the county, you know, whoever they work for, the state even. Um, I don't know how extreme their training is. Um, you know, but one thing for me that stands out clearly in many of these videos that appear 
every day it seems like at this point there's more and more and more videos um is and these aren't all videos from um the protests recently these aren't all recent videos just over the course of you know watching the internet this is what i've seen essentially is these police officers are terrified they are nervous they are scared they are not confident they are not um they're not acting in a way that a strong tough leader should be acting and that's kind of what we expect them to be we expect them to be above the situation we expect them to be able to handle um, a situation that you know we wouldn't be as equipped to handle and i think it comes across as difficult for the public to watch um when the police are acting in a way where almost everybody watching it is in agreement on you know what we're seeing is weakness what we're seeing is wrong what we're seeing is um unfortunately not what we want to see from the police um so I think a more realistic approach to what you know how to address this issue because I this is I think this is clearly an issue. Um, I think the main issue is the is the actual interface between the public, the community, you know, everyday people, and the police that we have to deal with. And for starters, I know a lot of police. I know that one chief. Uh, recently said, you know, we have millions of interactions every year and they're all successful. You know, what's your definition of success there? Is it that nobody got hurt? Is it that you gave someone a ticket? Is it that, you know, the cop didn't get hurt? What's the definition of success there, right? What's the definition of they were all positive, right? I think he said the word positive, which is interesting because that, you know, I would not, you know, is he referencing, if you get pulled over on the highway, right? Very, very few people that get a ticket for going six over, 10 over are going to agree with, I'll say, I'll just use the CHP because I'm in California, with the CHP that that was a positive interaction or that that was a successful interaction, right? Because you've just essentially pulled me over by force at threat of force and taxed me randomly for a law that may or may not ever actually be keeping anybody safe and that I may or may not be agreeing with, which is really what the argument comes down to, in my opinion. And it's why people hate the cops so much because the long, incredibly long list of rules that they enforce on some level probably impede everyone's personal morality. Um, and what I mean by that is our, most people's personal um morality does not um does not match up with what the state tells you your morality should be okay so another example of this would be like speeding is a great example right a lot of people think you see a posted speed limit of 35 you say i drive this road at 40 every day and i've never had a problem right i've never hurt anybody no one's ever hurt me that seems i can i seem to be able to safely drive this road at 40 due to you know, I'm getting that information because I do it all the time when the police aren't around, right? And I get away with it. Well, the first time you get pulled over for going 41, 42, ooh, that's a tough ask. That's a tough, uh, that's a tough ask of the police officer. I'm not going to try to demonize them. I don't want to come across like, um, I hate these people because I did for a long time as a young man and I, 
as I grew up, I realized they have a hard job. So I don't want to, I want to sound like the police are always bad, but you know, in that one case, that is a situation in which almost everyone who's on the receiving end of that ticket, who's on the receiving end of that interaction, that's not a police officer, that's not um, law enforcement, they're not going to be happy with that. That's not a successful, that's not a positive interaction. That's not something that that they uh, are going to feel good about. And that's the main, that's the first part of the issue, right? If you get a parking ticket, you know, because the meter ran out. Well, that's, you know, nobody agrees with that either. And that's not necessarily police, but it's enforced by the same, uh, the city, you know, that it hires a police that makes all these laws. If you run a stop sign, if you, there's all kinds of, you know, there's all kinds of things peeing, you know, in public on a wall. Like I grew up sort of in the mountains, right? I'm not, first of all, I'm not suggesting you go around peeing in public places. Don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I do have you know, friends who got tickets for for doing that. And I grew up in sort of a rural area and we would be, you know, it wasn't uncommon to, you know, when you're playing outside as a kid to pee in the backyard. Well, because everybody had a lot of backyard and it's a lot of forest. So I'm not saying it's right, but, you know, you go down an alleyway or whatever and you're drunk at night and you're taking a piss on a wall. It's like not the end of the world, right? And I totally see, this is one of those both sides ones where it's like, I totally see why a cop is stopping you, right? That's gross. You shouldn't fucking be doing that on public property. You shouldn't be relieving yourself somewhere where everybody else has to deal with it, right? I get that. Um, but to actually be given some sort of fine for it, man, I think that's a little bit rough, you know, a fine of hundreds of dollars for doing that, possibly jail time, possibly, okay, possibly, this is not common, but I have heard of it, a you know, be getting on some sort of sex offender list, getting on some sort of registry because you had your dick out in public, even though no one saw it. Right. Um, these are the types of things that make people uncomfortable around police because it feels like the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Right. Like if they were to walk up and scare you verbally, right. And just say, Hey, what are you doing? You know, you, that would be enough for almost everybody to stop immediately. Right. Almost everyone. Um, some people would not. And those people, I, I, guess you have to use more force. I mean, do you have to tase them because they're taking a piss? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a cop again. I'm not telling the cops how they should do their job. Like they deal with way more crap. Um, I've just been on the receiving end of a lot of bullshit. And it seems like what's happening when you're on the receiving end of that bullshit is a guy who's not very confident or a woman is not very confident is going to come up to you and tell you how it is. Uh, because they've been granted the authority by a state that, if you're like me, you don't believe it in the first place, um, to enforce rules that you don't agree with either. Um, and they're enforcing those rules, but that's their job. So you can't get mad at the actual police officer all that often for doing sh you know, things like that, shit like that, because that's their job. Um, but I guess I want to, I want to, my point I think is best said um, in a quote by the great uh, poets of our time. Um, the ghetto boys, right? Real niggas don't flex nuts because real niggas know they got them, right? So if you get approached by a very confident human being who's confident in their ability, who's confident in their um, in the situation that they're going to come out on top and they don't have to hurt anybody and nothing has to get crazy, right? Um, they probably aren't going to flex on you. They're not going to be, they're not going to act in a way where they're trying 
to intimidate you to the level of uh, compliance, right? They can approach the situation with a level of confidence that pretty much everybody respects, right? And I'm just talking about these petty crimes. I'm not talking about like, you know, violent interactions. Now I do think you should be the most confident, tough guy possible, tough woman possible to deal with violent interaction. That's a whole nother, that's that's an entirely another uh, concept. So I'm not talking about that right now, but um, just the base level interaction with the populace. I, I think something, if you want to talk about a realistic uh, solution to what people are saying and what people are angry about, I think is um, to interact with people on a human level and approach them with some sort of confidence and don't approach them as if they are um, a criminal. Don't approach them as if they're a violent um, individual, that they are somehow deserving of your wrath, that they, you know, that they deserve that in some kind of way. They deserve to be treated like anybody else. Um, you kind of reap what you sow, right? If you approach somebody and you're the first, you know, the first thing you're doing is threatening them or the first thing you're doing is reaching for a weapon or the first thing you're doing is making it known who's the boss around here and shoving people around. It's like you're, you're kind of, you're flexing nuts. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're taking something somewhere where it probably doesn't need to go in those types of situations. Right. When, and I'm talking about like when, you know, say a CHP officer approaches your window and they're, they're really forceful about asking for your, your, uh, your registration, your ID, um, pulling you out of the car. I've been pulled out of my car. I've been put in cuffs. I've had my car searched. Um, and it was nothing. I was not under the influence of anything. This was at a time in my life when I was not, I was against drugs. Um, I'm well beyond that now, but at the time I was raised a little bit, uh, a little sheltered. So I, um, I was a young kid. I got pulled out of the car, um, cuffed me, searched my whole car, acted like Mr. Tough Guy in charge the entire time to, a, to frankly, an innocent kid who didn't know how to fight and doesn't, didn't want any part of it and was simply driving home from my girlfriend's house at the time. So, um, that's what I'm getting at with that. You know, there's no reason to flex to flex nuts all the time. There's no reason to act like you're a tough guy. You're in charge. Like we all know. You know, the most part, people know. People know cops are in charge. We expect them to be. We grant them the authority to be. Um, that's their job. It's a super hard job, but that's their job. Um, so, along those lines, um, in how that relates to the riots, I think. If the cops now, well, how it relates to the riots is kind of irrelevant because I think once you start rioting, once you start destroying property that doesn't belong to you, um, now I do think there is somewhat of an autistic level argument to be had of whether it's private or public property you're destroying, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, I think once you get to the point of the mob shows up, right, and they're they're violent, they're destroying, they're they're wrecking they're breaking windows, they're looting, they're destroying vehicles, they're possibly dangerous to other people. Uh, tons of videos came out of these riots with they're just beating the shit out of people. Uh, business owners are terrified. Um, people that live in the community are terrified. There's that one amazing video of that woman. Um, I'm not sure where it was, uh, but she just was out there telling them how full of shit they are. And then they came into her community and they destroyed you know, they destroyed things that those people rely on and now they don't have them and, and things are already hard right now. Um, and those people, I mean, frankly, if you want to go out and be violent, I think you should prepare yourself to be met with violence back, frankly. Um, not extreme violence, 
But I don't know what else people expect the police to do in that situation. I mean, standing by and watching is almost as bad as an, aff an affront to the people who are being victimized in that situation than, um, you know, intervening in a way that might be a bit extreme. I don't think anybody needs to die. I don't think anybody, um, you know, I don't know how I feel about tear gas. Initially, I think it's insane, but I don't know how damaging it is, you know, um, to people who are out there rioting. I agree with the reasoning behind it to an extent, um, but I think that's, you don't really get to go out and violently riot and then claim police brutality when they try to stop the riot. I guess is my is my take on that. Um, now, that being said, um, I think it's a different thing because there's also a lot of videos of cops coming out and doing and flexing nuts. Like we were talking about, they come out and they're they're intimidating um, peaceful people because they're expecting them to get violent, whether or not they were going to. Um, there's a bunch of videos. I mean, they wanted them pushing the old man to the ground is absolutely horrible i mean the original one george floyd that started the whole thing is insane um i absolutely am i cannot believe every time i watch it what i'm seeing i mean that is insane to me that thing has reached that point at all um and i know that people want to come out and say oh george floyd he had a record and he wasn't a great guy and all that and the cop had a record a mile long and all that um regardless of what anybody's history is. What we witnessed in that video is insane. It is so wrong on so many levels because you got to be better than that as a police officer in that situation. And that's really what I'm talking about, right? If I don't I don't know fully what my opinions are on large-scale violence and what we expect the police to do in a situation of large-scale violence. Um that's a tough one. I think that's that's a little bit more tough to have a solid opinion on as of right now because there's a lot more people involved when you get when you involve other people's private property and when you involve public property um i mean that's their job is to protect that property so i so so i don't know i'm not exactly sure how i feel about that um but in the case of everyday police interaction right and what we see happen with george floyd um that's the type of thing that I think needs to change. Not that, you know, not that that happens all the time. Obviously it doesn't. It happens enough because there's so many videos of it. There's so many names. There's so many people. Um, I don't want to turn this into a race war type of podcast, but this does happen to everybody. I mean, police commit violence on everybody. And it's a, this unfortunately became a divisive issue when in reality it should have been an issue that brought us all together in a time when we need that more than anything i mean people are politically divided to an extreme that i have not seen yet i'm like i said i'm in my 30s i'm 34 i have not seen this level of political division in my life maybe it has maybe it has happened before um but as far as my take on things, as far as I've been around, I, I don't I don't know of a time where people were this um, divided over so many different issues, right? And what happened with George Floyd initially, every single person who watched that 
pretty much saw the same thing. Um, we saw a man get murdered by the state is what we saw. Uh, I think it's right to blame the actual cops who were involved, obviously. Um, I think we have an issue, a really bad problem in the United States right now of blaming every aspect of everything when something happens. So that's kind of what we saw with the riots. That's what the riots really were, in my opinion, was um, a reaction to police in, it, in as an entire organization when, you know, yes, there's a point to be had there, right? There are people, there's a lot of bad cops. I don't, you know, the bad apples argument goes both ways. You can't just use it for cops. If you use it for rioters versus protesters, you can use it for bad cops versus good cops too. If you're going to bring that argument into it, it applies everywhere. Um, so there are some bad, there's a lot of bad police, right? There's a lot of good police. Um, and so for us to shift blame immediately, like not it, how it took no time at all. I mean, within a day or two, we were blaming the police as a whole for what we saw there. And really, I think the story lies with that officer, Chauvin, Chauvin, whatever the hell his name is. Um, and frankly, I think the three guys that were there as well, um, they're all, they're all complicit and that really should be the story right now, you know, and, and, and that would be a story in which I think, I think pretty much everyone in the United States is willing to be on the same side of, um, we've had a history of cops getting away with this kind of thing, hips of a history of police committing these kind of crimes and, um, you know, getting off, getting off the hook, I guess you could say. Um, and I don't think the spotlight was on it as much as it needed to be. And I think that one, I think the spotlight was on it. I think the spotlight was there. I think everybody witnessed the same thing. I mean, you had the most conservative people in media saying exactly the same thing that everybody else was saying on the left. They were, they were all in agreement. Like, wow, we just watched a police officer take things so far that he murdered a guy who is guilty of what exactly passing a fake $20 bill as far as the public knows I mean man I don't want to say he's completely innocent I know he's got a record and I know he's also a violent um, individual but clearly does not excuse um, or justify anything in that video I mean it's 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 insane it's it's a complete miscarriage of justice and that one seemed to me like it started um with what i'm talking about right they approached him like he's a violent criminal and now in the video the entirety of it there's multiple angles now that have come out um it seemed fairly reasonable in the beginning right it seemed um you know, they come up to the car, they tell the other people to get out, they put them against the wall, they put them in cuffs, they sit them down, they take a bunch of notes, they walk them across the street, and then things get kind of weird, right? And next thing you know, he's on the ground, and they're kneeling on him, and then we witness, you know, the horrible death in the video. Um, it's horrible, it's horrible. And how it got to that point, I will never know. I mean, it doesn't seem like he was resisting, it doesn't seem like he was fighting, it doesn't seem um, like anything. I want so badly, so badly to believe the conspiracy behind it. Um, I don't know if I do, but I so badly want to believe that Chauvin is a some sort of some sort of actor for some sort of assassins guild, and this isn't an issue with police, and this is more of a uh, you know 
mystical individual murder set up by the deep state. Um, I love that stuff, but I, this one is, it's clear what we saw, right? It's, it's clear. It's obvious. What we saw is what it seems like to me. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is what we saw didn't need to happen. And I think you can expand that and extrapolate that into, um, how cops interact with a bunch of other people with people every day. And there's a bunch of other videos of cops who, um, don't know how to hold someone down clearly. Um, I think that was kind of the main problem with the George Floyd video is I don't know if they didn't realize how much, well, I'm not even going to say that. Uh, cause clearly the guy's struggling. Clearly the guy's, it's clearly what it is, right? It's obvious what it is, but in different scenarios, you know, you'll see, uh, Rayshard Brooks, for example, okay, in the Rayshard Brooks video, he's wrestling with the cops, and two of them are not able to hold him down on the ground, okay? Two police officers are not capable of restraining this guy, um, which to me sounds insane. That sounds outlandish to me that they don't have this capability. Um, I understand things happen but that's not the first video I've seen. There's a plethora of examples where it's clearly, clearly obvious that the police do not know what they're doing when it comes to a grappling entanglement. Um, and frankly, to me, what that screams is lack of training. It's a lack of training on their part. Um, and I understand they have to deal with a lot more than just some, you know, a drunk guy wrestling them. I, t I get it. I get it. But that is part of their job. And I think being a police officer is a super hard job. I respect it. Um, and I think that they probably need to be training more in a lot of different scenarios. One of which is that one right there. Um, because clearly the culture at the precinct um, is not to be good at jujitsu, is not to be good at restraining someone without hurting them, right? It's a, it's a nut-flexing environment, if you know what I'm saying. Like... It's not, uh, you're not proud if you restrain a guy and no one gets hurt and you arrest him, right? You're, it seems It seems like the way that they handled that video in George Floyd, I mean, they were clearly trying to hurt the guy. I mean, I don't know how else you describe that. And I know I said we're not going to extrapolate that to all police. I'm just using that as an example because it's one of the freshest ones in our minds. Um, but it happens all the time. I mean, the, uh, there was one I remember a long time ago where a guy came out to some pool party and it was a bunch of black teenagers and they didn't look like they were doing anything but I don't know what the context of the video is they were all just kind of hanging out I mean they were screaming and yelling but that's what kids do um, this cop comes out of nowhere and he's like yelling at this girl and he throws her on the ground and he's like pushing her into the ground and shit and it just seemed and then he's got both knees on her back at one point and she's just she's like a kid I just I don't it just didn't make any sense to me um you know, there's just no, there's no reason. There's no reason to flex that hard. I don't understand how it gets to that point. And I think the disconnect is that the police are essentially um, trained to do what I talked about in the beginning, where they approach every situation like it's potentially violent and they're potentially going to lose their life, which, again, I can understand that. Uh, but I think a vast majority of interactions are not going to end that way. And I think they would be, I think it would benefit them 
um, to understand that side as well. I don't necessarily think that any, they don't need to treat every single interaction as if they're about to die, right? Um, so it's, I think I've been doing uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for a little eight years now, a little over, almost eight and a half years. Um, and I do think it would benefit um, police to train any kind of martial art. I think jujitsu is particularly helpful for them um, because it's really close up. It's intimate. You, no one has to get hurt, which I think is a big problem right now. Um, I think it would help them help your mindset. I mean, if you had to show up at the jujitsu gym from a guy who's been, look, when I first started, I was out of shape, didn't know anything about fighting, didn't know anything about jujitsu, except what I saw in MMA, which I was a big fan of still am today. Um, but you know, I didn't know what it was like. I didn't know what it was like to be in a combat gym. I don't know anything about it. And I showed up and I was kind of lucky in the fact that I got introduced to it, uh, by a great guy, um, who really helped me out a lot. And I got to really experience a lot of different aspects of jujitsu, but, um, anybody that gets into it, one of the best things about it is you can train in any, I don't want to call it a high stress, but it's an environment in which you're in combat with someone. Um, and you can go full speed, right? But no one's going to get hurt. Probably, no one's going to end up. No one's going to end up hurt unless I mean you're going real, real crazy and you're going for crazy submissions. Um, higher level guys, yeah, people end up getting hurt. But for the most part, you can go if everybody knows what they're doing and everybody's cool. You can go 100 percent all day long, and no one's going to get hurt for real. And um, that's beneficial because it gives. Uh, it's beneficial for a lot of reasons. Um, one, it gives you the ability to train in a lot of different uh, scenarios, um, which I think would really benefit police. I think it gives you the ability to think, to use your mind um, during a high stress situation and stay calm, realize when you're okay, realize when you're not okay, um, and when you need to freak out and when you don't need to freak out. Um, and I think that sort of, I think that sort of thinking, uh, that's training your mind like that, I think can benefit police significantly. I really think um, that it can benefit um, a lot of different scenarios where they, you know, where they approach a situation, always in the back of their mind, I think they should think this could go this way, this could go sideways, right? They have to think that because we're putting them on the line. So I get why they do think that. I'm not saying they're wrong. Uh, but I think there comes a point where you realize it's probably not going that way, right? And to have the confidence of if an unarmed guy just jumps on you that you can totally handle it can only benefit them. And they won't have to flex as much. They won't have to make sure you know they're the guy with the gun and they're the guy with the badge and they're the guy with the authority and you better do what they say or else, right? And it you know, it may lead to them requiring their weapons a little bit less. Um, it's not the end-all, be-all, obviously, of the solution. I don't think... The, the solution, you know, it's not the golden solution. It's not going to make, it's not going to solve all the cops' problems, right? Training jiu-jitsu. I'm not trying to say that, oh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu training is going to solve all your problems. Um, but I do think, I do think it can only help. Um, and I do wonder if they instituted huh, some sort of, you know, mandatory jiu-jitsu training for police officers, you know, once or twice a week that they have to show up twice a week minimum, maybe something like that, once a week minimum, where they have to show up and, and roll and train. 
Um, it could be just, you know, cops only. They can, I'm sure there's plenty of instructors who would be happy to do it, you know, at their gym when they won't have to interact with anybody else. Um, and I think it can only help them. I really do. I mean, I, it's not combative training. It's not like, you know, if there's weapons involved, this is a whole different situation. Um, this is basically, you know, training in which you could handle a guy or a woman or anybody who's out of control you know, it's, it's unarmed. It's, you know, more like they're just kind of crazy or they're trying to be violent with you, but they, you know, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to panic. You don't need to, to put them down like that. You know, um, it can only help. And I think that's a re I really think that's a solution that a lot of police departments should look into. Um, as far as interaction with the public, I mean, I think a lot of people, um, would respect it as well. Um, I mean, could you imagine if there were videos of cops coming out where they're, you know, hitting a double leg and then taking the guys back and holding them down? I mean, that would be awesome. Like people would, how much do people love it? People love MMA. People love uh, wrestling. People love this shit. And if, you know, your everyday average cop was willing, was, you know, had the ability to do that kind of thing, or they had like a sick side controller, they were able to, you know, flip over some guy, I don't know, turtle he's turtled up you take his back and you're just holding him and tell him to calm down and it could be it's a level of control that i i think um they should be able to have and i know that it's not for everybody like i said um it's intimidating it's hard their job is hard enough um, i think there should probably be some kind of trade-off like maybe they shouldn't work as long of hours or maybe they should you know whatever whatever it is i, I there should be some kind of trade-off but um if we're going to have the, you know, a lot of people are having the discussion of, we'll call it reform the police, right? I think is a more realistic approach than defund or um, abolish or any of this crap um, that I frankly don't think people understand what they're arguing because they've, they don't understand the nuance behind it that a lot of us have been um, discussing for many years. Um, so yeah, that's my, uh, that's my take on how to help reform the police um, I respect cops. I do. Um, uh, I know they have a super hard job. In fact, not too long ago, there was, um, one of them died. I mean, some, he got killed by a guy with a gun who also had a bunch of bombs and it was in my little tiny town and scared the crap out of everybody. Um, and thank God they were there. I mean, to be totally honest, thank God, thank God they were there. Um, because who knows? who knows what those guys were going to do. You know, they may have stopped some serious violence from happening. And unfortunately one of them had to lose his life. So, you know, that's, um, that's why we respect them. You know, that's why they deserve our support in this time and our, uh, our input that's constructive instead of just telling them that we hate them, um, over and over and over again, and that we're going to defund them and that we should abolish them and that we don't trust them and all of this crap. Um, so, uh, essentially, yeah, that's it. That's my take on, uh, on defund the police. So, um, I'll talk to you guys next time and, uh, have a good night later.